Let's all stand together. And if you have your Bible with you, uh, turn with me to Matthew chapter 15. In Matthew chapter 15, verse 21. And Jesus went away and withdrew to the district of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a Canaanite woman from that region came out and was crying. Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. But he did not answer her a word. And his disciples came and begged him, saying, Send her away, for she is crying out after us. And he answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. And he answered, It is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. Pretty rough, isn't it? She said, Yes, Lord. Yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered her, O woman, great is your faith. Be it done for you as you desire. And her daughter was healed instantly. Our prayers, our cries to God make a difference. Today, you know, we're we're going into this study on Wednesday nights in the book of Luke, and we're talking about a lot of the things in these first couple of weeks that will help you understand these books better. I would encourage you to come and be a part of it on Wednesday nights. Father, we thank you for your word. Let your word come alive in us today. Let hope come where we need hope. Let faith be stirred in our hearts where we need to have faith. Let us see clearly the things we need to see clearly. In Jesus' name. Amen. In all of our lives, there are things that we have just learned to live with. We've just kind of gotten used to them. That's just the way it is. And we've learned uh, to live with them. Some of them are because there's just simply no changing it. It's It's not changing. It might be a health issue. It might be a relationship issue. It might be a a family member who's far from God, lost and cold-hearted towards the things of God. We've just learned to live with it. Just do our best with it. We can live in a culture that's turning from God, and we say, well, what can we do? Maybe you've tried everything you know, and nothing's changed anything. And so we just learned to live with it. What I want to point out to you today is that the story of Jesus is full of people who had something in their life that was outside of their reach to be changed until Jesus came along. We've been talking these last few weeks and months about uh, the game changer prayer in our life. And, and the, this role of prayer and how God ordains us to draw closer to him in prayer and how through prayer, God answers prayer and things change. There were these four guys. They had a friend who was paralyzed. That was a hopeless set of circumstances. They didn't have any neurosurgeons who could work on them. There were no robotic technology in their day and their age to help somebody who was paralyzed. Once paralyzed, always paralyzed. But one day they heard about this prophet or maybe even a Messiah 
that was actually doing miraculous things and people were being healed. And they got together and they said among themselves, what do we have to lose? And so they put their friend who was paralyzed on a, on a you know, something to carry him. And they carried him down to where this prophet was at. But the crowd there, people had heard about him and the crowd was huge. There was no way they could work their way through the crowd. There's no way they could get their friend to whoever this was that was doing miraculous things. But they didn't give up. They didn't stop there. They didn't say, oh, this is impossible, too bad, we can't do anything about it. They had an impossible situation that they wanted to see changed. And so what we're told is they got up on the roof of this house and tore the tiles of the ceiling away and lowered their friend down in front of Jesus. They were unshakable in their determination. They were absolutely unconsolable about their friend that was paralyzed. And because of it, this impossible situation, this thing that no one could change, was changed. And their friend walked home that day. There was this dad, he had a boy who was demon-possessed. He would do all sorts of things to harm himself. He would throw himself on the ground or throw himself into fires. And the dad had done everything he could to no avail. Nobody could help him. Nobody could change what was taking place. It seemed hopeless, but one day he heard about this Jesus of Nazareth. And he got his boy and he went to find him. But when he got to where he was at, he want, Jesus wasn't there. His disciples were there, but Jesus wasn't. And his disciples tried to help him, but they couldn't. Nothing changed. But he waited longer. And finally, Jesus shows up. And he pleads with Jesus. He says, your disciples haven't been able to help him. And Jesus says to him, to him bring him to me. And as he's bringing the boy to him, I just love the picture the Bible draws for us. The boy throws himself on the ground. This demon takes control of him. He throws himself on the ground. And Jesus just calmly looks at him. He's just standing there. And he looks at his dad and says, what do you want? And the dad pleads with him, help me, help my son. And Jesus looks at the man while the boy is on the ground doing all the stuff he's doing. Jesus looks at the father and says, do you believe? And the father says, I do. Help me in my unbelief. In an instant, in a moment, the words came. He knew the right words to say, but then he realized deep in his heart, he didn't really believe. He had seen how unstoppable this thing was. And he pleads with Jesus, will you even 
help me with that. And a troubled boy goes home free that day. As Jesus was passing, passing through Samaria and Galilee, he would so many times, as you read the scripture, you see that Jesus would stay outside of the town, and if they had any business in the town at all, his disciples would go in and do it. And he was outside of this town, and, and from a distance, from a distance, he heard somebody, some people yelling. And they got his attention, and there were 10 lepers. Uh, uh, leprosy was a hopeless disease. And they had somehow, these exiles from society, these people who couldn't even come into a, a city, these people who couldn't come close to other people, who would have to cry, by law, had to cry out unclean when anybody around them would come around them so that they would be warned to stay away from them so they would not be infected by this disease of which there was no cure. Had somehow, somehow heard about Jesus and somehow heard he's passing through this way. And they cried out to him from a distance with this incurable disease but what do they have to lose? He said to them when they asked to be healed, he said to them, go show yourself to the priest. This was in keeping with the law. The priest would have to examine them and tell them, yeah, you're clean. You can go back into society now. Or, or they, were, they had to stay outside of the camp. And the Bible doesn't tell, it's interesting because the Bible doesn't say that they were instantly healed. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says that as they were going, as they were being obedient to what Jesus told them to do, as they were going, they looked down and realized they had been cleansed. They had heard about his name. They were in a helpless set of circumstances. And they cried out to Jesus. One day Jesus was nearing Jericho. And as he was nearing Jericho, outside of the city, there was this blind beggar. He couldn't see. It was a hopeless thing. I mean, who, who, could, he, who could fix a blind man? There was no surgeries. There was no, no ability of any doctor to take off or, or to fix anything that was, uh, that was broken. And he heard the crowd coming by he heard the noise of the crowd and he wanted to know what it what it meant and somebody in the crowd said to him Jesus of Nazareth is coming by and somehow he'd heard the stories about Jesus he had heard of what Jesus could do and he began to raise a ruckus he began to cry out over and over again to Jesus. But the people thought this was impossible, and they told him, will you be quiet? You need to quiet down. You don't need to bother the master. Leave him alone. But he was unshakable. He was, he was unstoppable. He kept crying out to Jesus. And finally, Jesus stopped and said, 
what do you want me to do? And he didn't stop short in his request. He said, I want to receive my sight. I'll paraphrase it. Jesus looked at him and said, done. And a blind man went home seeing that day. All these cases are about somebody crying out to Jesus in impossible situations. Some of us live with things and we just get used to it. He's just the way he is. This is just the way I am. These are just the circumstances of our nation and the way things are going. It's just the way it is, and it's impossible to see anything change. It's just the way of life. There's no changing it, certainly not on our own. And yet Jesus is waiting. Is there anybody who will have faith? We read this story of a mom in a hopeless set of circumstances. Jesus was going through this community, and behold, this Canaanite woman, not even an an, an Israelite woman, a Canaanite woman came crying out to him to have mercy on him. And And it just seemed like Jesus ignored her. He just didn't pay attention. And sometimes we feel that way. We feel like, I've cried out, and he's ignoring me. He's not doing anything. He's just telling me to live with it. But she kept pleading and kept crying out. She didn't give up. Her daughter was in a desperate set of circumstances. And finally the disciples said, listen, she's, she's driving us crazy crying out to you. Will, will you. will you tell her to go away? And Jesus, shockingly, Jesus isn't gentle with her. Jesus basically looks at her and says, you're not good enough. You're not of the the tribe of Israel. I'm only here for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she, instead of getting her pride on, instead of swelling up like a mama bear, she humbled herself like a desperate woman. And she replies to him, Yes, Lord, even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. That's what Jesus was waiting for. He was waiting for the humble soul. He was waiting for the one who knew that They didn't meet the societal norms of the people who are around Jesus to show the humility he was teaching people in that day about how to live their life. And he looks at her and he says, great is your faith. Be it done as you desire. And her daughter was instantly healed. Some of us feel at times like Jesus has ignored us when we've asked once or twice or a half a dozen times. We feel like we must be desperate, destined to live with it. It feels hopeless. And yet I'm telling you, some of us have given up one step too soon. 
one step too soon. Today, the souls of our children and our grandchildren are being seduced by a world who's running away from the principles of God. They are being told things that are absolute lies that will destroy their spirits. Maybe some of them have already been seduced. They've already been drug away into things that are absolutely untrue, caught in the lie, believe it down in their heart, have surrendered to societal norms. The heart of our culture is being swept away from the truth and with such veracity and power that it seems like it's impossible to change it. It seems absolutely hopeless. But I want to remind you, friend, Jesus is still walking around. We've been challenging you to think about these 35 days of prayer. This is not meant to be a fix-all. This isn't meant to be, oh, let's pray for 35 days, and, you know, I'll pick a few days I'll come to pray, and you pick a few days you're going to come to pray, and we'll all, you know, kind of pick a, you know, set a time aside, and, and we'll kind of go through the religious activity of, of, you know, setting 5 or 10 or 15 minutes aside, and, 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 and we'll, we'll pray. No, this is not meant to be a fix-all. This is a call to battle. This is a call to engage. This is a call to say, I will not give up. I will keep coming to the Lord no matter what voice I hear, no matter what things are said to me, no matter how hard it may be, no matter how difficult the circumstances may be around me, no matter how impossible it may seem at the moment, I will not give up until my God has answered my prayer. A commitment to draw out the, one, draw out the ones who look like who look at the word and say, you know what, it, it seems to, like, that it's too late. It looks like I, I may have to live with it. It seems like it's hopeless. But I have heard that Jesus is still active. What do I have to lose? And I'm going to pray until I see a breakthrough. Will you be stopped or will you break through the roof? Will you accept your condition or will you keep crying out even when the world's telling you to shut up? Will you live with it? Or will you ask for the impossible? When Jesus doesn't answer the first time, will you pack up your bags and go home? Or will you say, no, I'm staying right here. God's told me to pray. I'm going to trust in him and I'm going to seek him until I get an answer. Are you at peace with how things are in your life? Have you been robbed of joy and peace? And it was determined, I guess I've got to live with this. I've just wrecked. I've just... Are you comfortable with the thought that you have lost family and friends? Have you come to the point and said, well, I've talked to them all I can. What else can be done? Have you given up on, on people that you love who are trapped in addictions that are destroying their lives and destroying their minds? Does our, societal, our society's rejection of God and godly morals, does it just seem inevitable and too much? Are we, going to, are we just going to live with it, or are we going to become unshakable in faith? That's the call that's upon us today. You can surely sleep on. You can surely let the crowd go by. 
you can surely decide I'm not going to get up on that roof. You can surely decide I've been insulted and, I, and he's not listening to me. And you can sleep on or you can step up and say, I'm going to hang on. Listen, I'm just telling you, 10 minutes of being alone with God, that's not the goal. That's not the goal. 35 days of prayer next month, that, that's not the goal. That's not what we're about. That's not what the goal is intimacy with God that leads to partnership in his will filled with the power of his purpose. That's the goal. That we will grow closer to God, that we will grow more led in partnership with his will, and that we are filled with his power to do his will. Friends, when we come out of this series next month, and Will's with us next week, we're going to go into this series on names and claims. And, and my one goal, my one prayer, the things I've been praying now for several weeks for this series, is that by the end of this series, every one of us will love Jesus more, will love God more at the end of this series than we did walking into it that will understand what it means to love God, that will have a greater trust for who God is, and that will love him deeply, 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 and will trust him. I want to encourage you to stretch yourself this month. I want to, I want to encourage you to take a look at this prayer card and say, okay, okay, I'm going to make a commitment to to get along with God. And you say, well, pastor, I already have a devotional time and I do that. Okay, then then I'm going to challenge you to stretch yourself, to expand that time alone with God, to pray and to seek him. Listen, I'm going to challenge you to think about what God would have you to do and what you think this hour calls for, what you think your circumstances call for. In this prayer time, I want, you to, I want to challenge you to start every, every prayer with a personal prayer for purity in your life and a deeper love for God in your life that we talked about last Sunday. There, take a few minutes and say, God, purify me. All the stuff of my culture, all the stuff of my upbringing, all the stuff of this world, sweep it away from me. And you'll take a few minutes of your time to pray for that that you'll take time to pray for your family. Now listen, you have to be honest when you pray for your family. You you have to look clearly through the lens of the word when you pray for your family. Where are they in their walk with God? Listen, here's a word of the Lord for some of you today. Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, narrow is the gate that leads to life. But wise is the but wide is the gate that leads to destruction, and many find it. Some of us, some of you in this room, have gotten out your emotional bulldozers, and you have tried to widen the narrow road. You've tried to make excuse and widen that road so you can get your son or your daughter or your grandson, or your granddaughter, or somebody else to be fitting on that road. And the Lord would say to you today, it has not been widened. It's a narrow road that calls for life transformation. And there is no hope for that loved one of yours, for that friend of yours, 
until you recognize they're on the wrong road. You've got to face the fact they're on the wrong road. I love them. I care for them. I don't want them to be on the wrong road, but they're on the wrong road. God, I'm not giving up until they're on the right road. I'm praying and seeking you until they're on the right one, until they get on that narrow one. I'm not going to try to, you know, make up new rules and get them there. I'm going to look radically at this. And I want to challenge you to take time to pray for your family. I'm telling you, if you'll do that, that prayer time will stretch out from 10 minutes pretty quick. Pray for the church. Pray for us to have the revelation of God and the knowledge of his will. Pray for our country, for the natural affections for God to return and for Christian morality to awaken within us. Impossible. We look at some of these things, impossible. More impossible than blind eyes being opened? More, more, More impossible than lepers being healed? Nothing. It's impossible with God. One day Jesus and the disciples were taking a a trip across the Sea of Galilee. A demon-inspired storm came up, and it was bad. Some of these guys were seasoned fishermen. They were used to being out on the sea. And these seasoned guys began to realize they were in trouble. They were bailing to no avail. They realized the boat was about to sink. The storm was about to to capsize them, and they were all going to drown. In the meantime, Jesus is asleep in the boat. And somebody gets the idea you know what, we're all about to drown here. Maybe we should wake him up. Just maybe, maybe we should tell him what's going on. And they wake him up and they say to him, aren't you concerned? This is hopeless. Aren't you concerned? You're sleeping. We're all about to drown. And Jesus looks at him and goes, oh, guys. When are you going to get it? And he steps out on the boat and he tells the wind and the waves to be still. Do you know anybody who can do that? Jesus did it. And the winds and the waves were stilled. Nothing is impossible when we bring Jesus into the picture. When we ask him to be a part of the story. Nothing is hopeless. We just have to ask. Right now the ushers are going to come down and uh, they're going to collect you can take this and, and look, it's really easy. You fill that, you put your name on the side you put your name on, you, you tear it off you drop that side into the bucket. This is what God's telling me to do. And, uh, and you keep the other side for yourself so you can take it home and remind yourself, put it someplace where you see it. So let's, let's pray right now. Father, some of us have learned to live with things. And you're telling us today we shouldn't be living with them. 
Some of us have given up on things. And you're telling us it's time to step up instead of give up. Father, some of us have looked at society today and said, this is hopeless. It's, going, it's all going against us. The winds and the waves are sinking the boat, and there's nothing we can do about it. But you're ready to act. And you've told us how to make that happen. And so today, as we, as we fill these out, as we determine what we're going to do, I just pray for every person in this room that we would, we would hear your voice speaking to us to stretch us to new places. That you'd hear our voice speaking to us to awaken in us the call to be a people of faith and hope. That we would enter into this great challenge. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Ushers would receive these from us. Just drop them in. If you say, well, I'm still filling out, you can drop them in as you go out the back door today. But make a commitment. Let's make a difference in the world we live in. wants to be active in our life the Holy Spirit's available to us I want to challenge you fill that card out before you leave and make a determination say oh I know in my head what I'm going to do no 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 not good enough and our head will get swept away make a commitment make a pledge lay some things down say this is what I'm going to do and then keep it keep it How about you, friend? Are you sure you're born again? Are you sure if you stood before God today that you would go to heaven and not be separated? Jesus said it really clear. The the road is narrow. And we only find it through accepting Christ in our life as our Lord and as our Savior. This this road. Say, well, I, I, I think my kid did that when he was 12 is there any sign of repentance in his life is there any sign of of surrender in in her heart is there any evidence that Jesus is Lord of her life here now friends if there's no evidence there I'm telling you if you surrender your life to Jesus there will be evidence there there will be change there what about you Let's stand together for a moment. Every head bowed, every eye closed for just a second. Just say, Pastor, I'm not sure my heart's right with God. Just raise your hand right now in Jesus' name. I'm only going to take do this for a minute. Say, I want to make sure my heart's right with God right now in Jesus' name. I'm just waiting for you. Lord, we pray that every Sunday you would challenge us. Every Sunday you would speak to us. That, Father, you would, throughout the week, give us opportunity to invite people into your house. And we pray that your spirit would be so heavily, so heavily upon us. That, Father, no one who's far from you would be able to sit in this place without feeling your convicting spirit upon their life. 
touch our lives and guide us today. In Jesus' name.